Welcome to Wiregrass Daily News Sports. This is your daily look at sports in the Wiregrass and the Southeast. Dothan Wolves on 96.9, the legend producer, Philip Jordan, breaks the news, covers the games, and talks to experts in the Wiregrass and Southeast. And now, Philip Jordan. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Monday edition of Wiregrass Daily News Sports. I am your host, Phil Jordan, the in-studio host and producer of Dothan Woods Football on 96.9, The Legend. It is Monday. Hope everybody had a great weekend. It was an interesting weekend on Friday night in high school football with everybody in non-region play. And then Saturday uh, had some interesting results. Alabama and Troy getting victory. Auburn almost upsetting Georgia. And then we'll look around also what happened in the rest of the SEC. But before we do that, you guys can find me in the podcast. Find me on social media at PJordanSEC. Podcast is available at wiregrassdailynews.com. Wherever you get your podcast, if you're on Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, and review. Leave a review. I will read it on a future edition of the show. And if you leave just four stars, you're just a straight-up hater. You can also watch the show over at my YouTube channel, uh, Philip Jordan Media YouTube channel. Go check it out. The handle is PJordanSEC over there as well. You can always email me at sports.philipjordan at gmail.com. Now let's start things off. Let's talk some high school football from Friday night. All right. So high school football Friday night. Uh, we had some interesting games. As I said off the top, it was a non-region weekend uh, in high school football here in Alabama. And we are going to start things off with the Dothan Wolves. Of course, you could have heard of this game over on 96.9 The Legend. They traveled to Mobile to take on the number nine rated Baker, who are also in 7A. And Dothan wins this game 35-14. to It was a low score in the first half, though. Neither team scored until late into the second quarter with 118 left when Mississippi State commit quarterback Josh Flowers for Baker scored a seven-yard touchdown to give Dothan a 7 to nothing lead. Baker, that 7 to nothing lead early on. And he was looking at us, okay, how's this thing going to be? And now the game was being broadcast on YouTube uh, by YouTube channel out in the Mobile area. So they had a sideline reporter. They interviewed uh, Coach Kennedy, and um, he, said, he basically said, we weren't playing championship football. We're going to – Basically, it's going to be a different team there in the second half, and it really was. Uh, Dothan outscored them uh, 35 points to seven there in the second quarter, second half. A.J. Peterson had a one-yard touchdown run to tie it up with 745. It was set up by a 47-yard run by A.J. Alexander. Kind of looked like he was in the end zone on that one, but they didn't give it to him. They put it basically on the one-inch line, and then Peterson run it in to Marion Peterson did. Then Baker would answer back, go up 14 to 7. Bryce Kane, who is an Auburn commit, scored a 62 yard touchdown off a touchdown pass from Josh Flowers. And then Jaden Barnes, 81 yard touchdown from Broadway to tie it up at 14. And then that's when the Dothan Wolves took over. Then, with four seconds left there in the third quarter, Tamarian Peterson scored a one yard touchdown set up by another 47 yard run by a by A.J. Alexander. So going into the fourth quarter, Dothan was up 21-14. to 14. 
And then the big play, I think this could be the game-changing play of the game. Uh, Josh Flowers was trying to hit hit the ball deep, um, and Gabe Smith got the interception, a leaping interception, laid his body out there for it. He could have probably just taken one hand, knocked it down, but no, he went for the interception. And then a few minutes later, with 420 left in the game, a 13-yard touchdown run by A.J. Alexander. After those big 47-yard runs, he gets into the end zone. Puts Dothan up 28 to 14. Baker turnover on downs with 3:30 left, and then Dothan closed it out with 26 seconds left with a three-yard touchdown run by Tamarian Peterson, and that puts Dothan at five and one. That was the first loss of the season for Baker. So big win for Dothan. They will return to region play this Friday night when they go on the road once again to take on Central Phoenix City. Let's look at the rest of the Wiregrass and high school football action on Friday night. Rehoboth defeated Op 39-20 to to go to 2-3 and three on the year. Uh, Terrell Townsend had 233 yards and three touchdowns in the game. Ayrton defeated Strong 34-21 to to go to 3-3. Three and three. This was Strong's first loss. They came into the game at 4-0. and Quarterback Ian Sin, big game. 310 yards, two touchdowns through the air. He also rushed for 74 yards and one touchdown. GW Long. Defeated Dale County 62-25 to to improve the 4-1 on the season. Dale County drops to 1-5. Bryson Hughes for GW Long had 214 yards on the ground, three touchdowns, 141 in the year, and three more touchdowns. For Dale County, their running back, Tristan Smith, had 198 yards and three touchdowns as well. Ashford defeated Slocum 14-12 to to get to 2-4. Slocum drops to 1-2. You follow defeated Pell City 46 to 32. Interesting thing here. Uh, Rush Pros used to coach you follow. I did not know this until I was actually looking through this. And the Dustin Eagle mentioned this too as well. I, I always thought, okay, Rush Pros Hoover and the other spots after that. Didn't really ever really look at where he was at before Hoover. But yeah, he coached at you follow from 93 to 96, was 24 to 20 in that time. But you follow beats Pell City 46 to 32. Charles Henderson defeated St. James 36-13 to go to 3-2 and on the year. Parker Adams was 18-25 for 216 yards. In that one, their quarterback, Delville defeated Barber County 38-8 to go to 2-4 and four on the year, 1-4 and four, uh, for Barber County. Marion Pinckney had 104 yards and two touchdowns in the game. He was 6-for-6 six six passing two for 75 yards and one touchdown, adding on to that rushing total. Then Geneva defeated Geneva County 49 to 8 to go to 2 and 4. Geneva County is 0 and 5 on the year. For Geneva, Michael Moore, 16 to 20, 331 yards and one touchdown in the game. And Houston County defeated Graceville 14 to 8 uh, to improve to 2 and 4 on the season. Uh, Jordan Thomas had two interceptions for Houston County, and Isaiah McKenzie had one interception. Goshen defeated Kenton 41-7. Goshen is now 4-2. Kenton is 1-4. On the year, Forala defeated Samson 20-8 to go to 4-1. Pike Liberal Arts gets their first win of the year by beating Notasoga 31-8. Abbeville Christian defeated Sparta Academy, also get their first win of the year to win 24-22. Uh, number seven, Houston Academy defeated Abbeville 49 to 0. Houston Academy's 5 0 on the year. Abbeville is now 1 in 5. And it was 49 to nothing at halftime. Uh, Brady Wiggum for Houston Academy had 102 yards and four touchdowns. And then finally, last game 
Number two, Elba defeated Providence Christian 57 to 20 to get to 5 and 0 on the season. Providence Christian is now 3 and 2. Another big game for Alvin Henderson, 283 yards, three touchdowns. He had a passing touchdown also to Brady Johnson in the game. And before we close up and we go over to the college football side of things from the weekend, some news. Obviously, notice I didn't give you the score for Headland and Pike County. I'm sure everybody has seen. They know what uh, the deal, the layout with what happened on Friday night was. Well, on Sunday, the Alabama High School Athletic Association ordered Pike County and Headland to suspend football program after brawl last Friday. I'm sure this is an investigation, just looking into some stuff. Uh, this week is homecoming for Pike County. They're scheduled to play New Brockton. Uh, Headland also had a game this weekend to play Greenville. Obviously, don't look. That's going to be happening. All comes back from a hard hit. Uh, the players began to fight, and then the rest suspended the game. Headland was leading, and they rewarded the game to Headland or forced a forfeit on the Pike County. And that's pretty much the summary, the, the short of it. I mean, like I said, it's all over all the local media here in the Wiregrass, so you've seen it. Uh, but that's kind of uh, what's the new on that, and we'll keep you up to date on anything else that happens uh, with that situation. But now we're, let's, let's transition over into some college football talk from this past Saturday. All right, let's start things off with Auburn almost upsetting number one Georgia. I had all my thoughts on this one. You heard me and Matt on Friday. I did not give Auburn any chance in this one, but this one had me at the edge of my seat. Of course, for Auburn, drops them down to three and two. Georgia stays undefeated, and they are still number one in today's, on Sunday's newest rankings. Uh, you can see the difference. Hugh Freeze calling the plays in this one. Auburn jumps out 10-0 in this one. The run game was big in this game for Auburn. They'd run the ball well this season, but this was the game where they really run the ball. And you're not supposed to be able to run it on Georgia. Kind of gives me some thoughts for when they play Kentucky this weekend, but we'll get that later on the week, especially when Matt comes on on Friday to preview the games. 219 rushing yards in the game. The quarterback run game was big. Peyton Thorne, 92 yards on the ground. A lot of that on the 61-yard run he had early on in the game. But Auburn was pinned back deep. And that ended up leading to a field goal for Auburn. Robbie Ashford had 33 yards on the ground. He added a touchdown. At the running back position, Jarquez Hunter had 59. Brian Batie had 35. Hunter did have the one touchdown run. So Auburn had the running game going. But once again, the issue was the lack of a passing game. 82 yards overall passing in this one. This is the sixth straight game dating back to last season with Auburn versus a Power 5 opponent where they were unable to get past 100 yards. The receivers need to step up. There were some drop passes in this one, some catchable balls. There was a fade route or a back shoulder route to Malcolm Johnson late in the game that would have gave Auburn a first down, potentially could have increased their lead. They were leading at the time in that game. It could have put them up by two scores. Getting later in the game, that would have been huge. you got to make those plays. The Auburn receivers have to step up, and Auburn quarterbacks also have to step up. That's Peyton Thorne. To me, he still holds on to the ball way too long on some of them plays, especially early in this game. He got better as the game went on, but early on he was holding on to it too long, and that was equals getting sacked. But what was the difference in this game? Why was Georgia able to come out on top? Brock Bowers was it. Whenever Georgia faced a big third down in this game, particularly in the second half, they were looking to Brock Bowers. He had eight catches, 157 yards, and one touchdown. He had the game-winning touchdown. 
He only had two catches in the first half, but third and 10, you knew Carson Beck was looking to him. Carson Beck made plays here. That was a question I had with him because we saw what Stetson Bennett would do in these close games, and he would make the plays. I was wondering, could Carson Beck do that? Going on the road, hostile environment at Auburn, at Jordan-Hare Stadium. He was 23-33, 313 yards, one touchdown. He did throw to one interception. And what was big for Auburn, and really, if they had won this game, you say this would have been the difference for them, and also the difference for, for Georgia losing two turnovers. He got the uh, first quarter interception. Jalen Simpson jumped in front of the receiver. That was his fourth interception on the year. And then Oscar Depp tied in for Georgia, fumbled first play of the second half. Both those fumbles equaled Auburn touchdowns, 14 points off those turnovers. So uh, Auburn was able to capitalize on that. They just were not able to make the plays toward the end of the game, stopping Brock Bowers, and they had a chance. They had the ball at the end. Once again, the passing game let them down. In a game I predicted wrong, Troy did beat Georgia State on Saturday, 28-7 to improve to 3-2. and Are they doing what they did last year? Start 1-2, and two, go on a streak. They've won two in a row now, and they give Georgia State their first loss of the year. They dropped the 4-1, 1-1 and one, one and one in the Sun Belt. Gunnar Watson had a solid day, really good day. He was 23-30, 256, one touchdown, did throw one interception. Then they get a play. Still got to work on that. Never heard – John Summerall talked about that last week. Running back Kamani Vidal, 76 yards, one touchdown. We'll get to that touchdown in a second. They are now 19 and three when he rushes for over 50 yards. So give Vidal the ball at all times. Dothan product, Jabri Barber, seven catches, 121 yards. This one last year he was playing really well for, for Troy. Then he gets injured. The offense still moved on. Look, they were some about champions, they won their bowl game. They won 12 games last year, but he was a big part, I thought, of the offense. And having him back, really big. Having Lewis there at receiver, too, he's been making big plays. So they got some stuff going, I think, Troy does at receiver. The offensive line seems to be getting better. The defense forced three turnovers into this one, and they shut out Georgia State in the second half. Uh, this game was 7-6 to six at halftime. Georgia State was in the lead. Uh, they had two Scott Taylor Renfro field goals there in the first half, Detroit. Uh, they picked off quarterback Darren Granger twice. They're going in, and I, I picked Georgia State to win this one uh, when me and Matt talked on Friday. And the reason was quarterback Darren Granger. I like their running back, Marcus Carroll. He didn't have a great day. He only had 75 yards in the one touchdown. Now, he had over 500 yards going into the game. But they picked him off twice. They picked Granger off on the first possession, which it resulted in Troy getting three points. They intercepted on the first Georgia State possession there in the second half. Didn't result in points, but still the interception. So Troy did a really good job. And then they're up 21 to 7. They go on a 14 play, 68 yard drive that lasted 8 15. They scored, Kamani Vidal with the touchdown, six seconds left. So they iced the game and put the extra touchdown on. That is a championship drive, folks. That is what you do when you are champion. And that's what Detroit Trojans did. They have Arkansas State this Saturday, which is their homecoming game. So we'll see uh, when the Troy Trojans head back to the vet. Can they keep the streak alive and get it? To in Alabama defeating Mississippi State 40-17. to I'm not going to spend too much time on this one. It was a late game. Once again, no reason why two teams in the central time zone should be kicking off at 8 o'clock or after, but it is what it is. 
Kind of a sloppy start for Alabama. Saw Nick Saban get a seven to sideline. It seems like that settled things uh, when Nick Saban was uh, chewing some folks out. Uh, I think that's really the first time we've seen that this season. First quarter, they did get two touchdowns, 54-yard run by Jalen Milrow, and then Chris Braswell got a pick six. But it, it did seem a little kind of off the start this game. Mississippi State did find a little bit of success in the run game up the middle, but you can't run outside on Alabama. They tried it, just the speeds there. Mississippi State just struggles against Alabama. They just do not – their personnel just does not match up well. But Rodgers did get his first career touchdown pass against Alabama. It was the first touchdown pass for a Mississippi State quarterback since 2014 against Alabama when Dak Prescott threw one. Jalen Milrow had a solid day, 10-12, 164 yards, no touchdown passes, but 69 yards on the ground, two rushing touchdowns. And now they will get ready to take on uh, Texas A&M up next. And now let's go ahead and let's jump around and look at the rest of the SEC. And we're going to go in order these games happened. Uh, Kentucky defeated Florida 33-14 to go to 5-0, 2-0 in SEC play. The second 22nd ranked Florida Gators now dropped to 3-2-1-1. They are no longer in those rankings. Just weird when you look at those records that Kentucky was the unranked team and Florida was the ranked team. Man, Kentucky running back Ray Davis had a day. 280 yards and four total touchdowns. He had 206 at the half. Florida had no answer for him, and Florida could not get their run game going. Uh, Montreal Johnson only had 42. Trevor Etienne only had 29. So to put the game on Graham Mertz's shoulders, which y'all know me, if you do know me, you know I'm not a big Graham Mertz guy, and that's not a good recipe for success for Florida. He was 25 of 30 for 244, two touchdown, one interception. But if Florida cannot get the run game going, and they're not really stopping the run game, they're in big, big trouble. So now they're three and two. Now, I went into the year thinking Florida would be five and seven. I think they can get maybe six or seven wins. Maybe. We'll see. Six, I think, is for sure. But seven, we'll see if they can upset somebody because Missouri is pretty good in the in the East as well. But for Kentucky, big win, impressive win. Devin Leary didn't have, not have to do much here. He'll have to do more next week when they play Georgia. Uh, it's going to be interesting. We just saw Auburn run on Georgia. Can Kentucky do it? We'll see. We'll see. Texas A&M, who I just mentioned, who's playing Alabama. This upcoming weekend, uh, they defeated Arkansas 34-22. Texas A&M has owned this rivalry since joining the SEC. A&M is now 4-1, 2-0 conference play. And Arkansas, their third straight loss, their 2-3, 0-2 in SEC play. Max Johnson was solid again, 210 yards, two touchdowns. I feel like the offense really flows well with him at quarterback. He ran for 57 yards, too. He did have some turnovers there in the second half. They had some missed field goals. So, really – A&M should have beat Arkansas a whole lot worse than they did. But that's not the way that thing played out. Seven sacks against it. It wasn't just Auburn's offense line. They they got after K.J. Jefferson, too. If they're getting to the quarterback like that and going into the Alabama game and Alabama's issue with pass protection, it's going to be interesting there. And 15 tackles for losses for Texas A&M in this game as well, too. Like I said, K.J. Jefferson had absolutely no chance in this game. 9-17, 132, one touchdown, winner session, negative three rushing yards. Rocket Sanders did return, but really no impact. 34 yards on 11 attempts. And from A&M, too, I'm getting an eye Smith on pump returns more often. He was electric. He had an 82-yard return. He had another one that was really big-time positive yardage, and I almost thought he was about to take it to the house that one, too, as well. So, Jimbo Fisher, you need to get him – on that special teams a whole lot more often. 
All right, a few more games to go over here. Missouri defeated Vanderbilt 38 to 21 to go to 5 and 0. Vanderbilt's 2 and 4. You know, last year, five wins. Vanderbilt thought this year maybe they could take a next step and get to a bowl game. It's going to be rough sledding if they're going to do that at two and four. Brady Cook, big game for Missouri here, 394 yards, five yards, and four touchdowns. All right, there's going to be some opinions, a lot of opinions based off this one. LSU, number 13 team in the country, lost to number 20 Ole Miss, 55 to 49. LSU is now three and two, two and one in conference. Ole Miss now goes to four and one, one and one. It was another great game for Jaden Daniels, 414 yards passing. Four touchdowns, no interceptions, 99 yards on the ground, another rushing touchdown. Look, I'm a guy that's been critical of Jackson Dart. He had a solid day, 389 yards. Not a solid day. He had a great game. Four touchdowns through the game, winning touchdown pass. He had 50 yards on the ground, too. Running back, Quinshawn Junkins, 177 yards and one touchdown. But here's my thing with this. You wasted a great Jaden Daniels performance. And he should be a guy that's up for the Heisman, but LSU keeps losing games because the defense can't stop anybody. He's not going to be in that conversation. And that's my question. How is the LSU defense this bad? Look, we know there were questions going into the season with the secondary. That was there. But I figured with the players they got in their front seven, just to name a few, Harold Perkins, Mekhi Wingo, Mason Smith. Those are the type of players that should be getting pressure. They should be getting – more and more pressure on quarterback, just what this LSU team has up front, and they're just not doing it. Last week against Arkansas, they gave up 426 yards, 289 through the air to K.J. Jefferson. They won 34-31. to Really, Arkansas kept shooting herself and footing that one. And so it's like – and that's a great win for Ole Miss. Big win for them. It keeps them in the SEC West race. I mean, I think it's a four-team race when you look at it. Auburn – Arkansas, Mississippi State been eliminated. We're just going to throw that out there. Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss, and Texas A&M. And Texas A&M doesn't have a loss in the conference. Neither does Alabama. Their loss was to Texas. Not quite an SEC team yet. And then now you got LSU and Ole Miss with losses. Now at LSU, there's three and two now because they lost the opener to Florida State. You would have to think they're out of the playoff talk now. I mean, yes, I know last year there was talk with two losses that could get in. Different SEC. The SEC, I don't think, is as strong, especially from a national standpoint this year. I don't think they're looked at that way as they normally are, at least not right now. So I don't think a two-loss LSU can get into the playoff. But they can still get to the SEC championship game. They're only one loss. They would need some help. We need Ole Miss to lose. Ole Miss has got to still play AM and they got some tough games ahead of them in the conference. Uh, Ole Miss plays Georgia too this year as well. So, that, you know, there's losses that potentially in front of Ole Miss. So LSU has to run the table, rest away. They're about to beat Alabama. Um, they'll have to beat Texas AM. They haven't played them yet. So LSU can still do it, but the playoff thing is out the door for them. But they got to get this defense fixed. If they do not, they're going to have a couple more losses. Doesn't matter what Jaden Daniels' this offense does, they're going they're going to continue taking L's if this defense does not improve. And then finally, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't normally say this. I don't be this transparent. I didn't really see a lot of the Tennessee South Carolina game to be honest. Um, but Tennessee did win this one, forty-one to twenty. Gets revenge on last year. They're four-one, one-and-one in conference, and then South Carolina. Two and three, one, two. There's a lot of people high on South Carolina. 
don't look so much right now. Right now in the East, it looks like it's Georgia, Missouri, and Tennessee as the class on that side. And Kentucky is those four over there. And I would probably put now South Carolina, Florida, and Vanderbilt as the bottom three there as well. So that was your SEC and your college football week five. Interesting stuff. And uh, that's going to do it uh, for this Monday edition of the show. We'll get out of here in less than 30 minutes today. We'll be back on Tuesday. I have already recorded the conversation. I had a phone interview with Cottonwood head coach Dustin Harrison. They will be playing Ayrton this upcoming Friday night in a big matchup in 2A Region 2. So we'll talk to Coach Harrison. Cotton was coming off an off week, so they didn't have a game on Friday. So we'll talk to Coach. And I've got some other pretty cool guests coming on this week. Uh, remember, you can follow me on social media at PJordanSEC. Podcast is available on all your favorite podcast platforms and wiregrassdailynews.com. Check it out on video. This episode, you're just seeing me talk to a microphone. So if this does it for you, I appreciate it that you stood, that you've hung around this long. But I uh, appreciate that. But you can check it out on YouTube at the Philip Jordan Media YouTube tra- channel. Uh, hit the subscribe button, please. Uh, and also, you can email me at sports.philipjordan at gmail.com. Hope everybody has a great Monday. And I'll talk to you guys on Tuesday uh, when we uh, talk to Coach Harrison and look, the Monday pressers. We'll talk about it. I'll talk to y'all on Tuesday. Thank you for tuning in to today's Wiregrass Daily News Sports. Make sure to tune back in tomorrow for more of the sports you love in the Wiregrass. Check out the podcast at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Continue the conversation and connect with Philip on social media at PJordanSEC.